Hello, sisters. Today on the Love, Honor, Obey podcast, we're going to be talking about a recent group text that I got involved with and how our husbands need our prayer. Welcome to Love, Honor, Obey, a podcast for wives to get rid of your BS. Yeah, so just recently I was part of a group text of wives. Um, one wife started it and she sent it out to about eight of us. And, you know, one of those ones where your phone starts blowing up because everybody's responding and then, you know, sending the emoticons back and such. So this group text was from the original wife. Her husband is having a physical pain from a medical problem and he was losing his joy. So I loved it. She reached out to a sisterhood of friends and a sisterhood of prayer warriors. And she knew that, you know, she could rely on us to hold her hand and stand in the gap with her and fight for her husband, his pain and his joy. And I added into my text, I said, our husbands are under attack right now and they need our prayers. Several texts followed my text. And one by one, wives asked for specific prayer for their husbands. Their husbands were struggling too for so many different reasons. See, our struggles, our trials, our tests don't come all in the same size, shape, or form. And the couples that can look the happiest in church, they can be going through things also. And our husbands are so under attack because the enemy wants to take out men. He wants to take out the authority that men have in our lives. He wants to take over the leadership role of our families. He wants to cause division between man and wife. He wants disunity. So the texts are coming in and they're asking for specific prayer. All the different prayers on mental exhaustion, physical exhaustion. There's a prayer for possible job changes. I mean, that alone is very stressful because a man is the provider of the home. So when there's potential of either losing their job or whether they're wondering, is this job right for me? Maybe I need to move on to the next job. That causes a lot of stress on them. There's hopes too for ministry work. Our men want to be used for God. They want to be used by God for his purpose, for his kingdom and along with that, they, they come with the feeling of, am I adequate to do this? Lord, am I really hearing from you? More texts came in on health concerns. More texts came in on family problems, relational problems. And over and over, I could just see how much our husbands need us, how much they need their wives on their knees in prayer for them, how much they need their wives reaching out to other sisters, and not in a gossipy way or not in an air all their dirty laundry way, but in a way of saying, sis, will you stand with me? Stand in the gap with me for my husband, for my family. It was so beautiful to read these text messages as they came in. And I actually started to get a little emotional reading them because I could just see so much love on the, the words of these wives For the men that are so strong in their life, yet they could see the enemy trying to take them out. And it was was beautiful to see the sisterhood, the unity of women praying with each other for each other's marriages.
What's so important to remember is that we are yoked in marriage. If you remember back to Genesis 2.22, the woman was made by God and he brought her to the man. You're a gift. You're a gift to your husband. God designed you. He wrapped you perfectly. He loved you. He delivered you to your husband. He brought you to your husband. And then down in Genesis 2, 24, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. That's the yoke. And they shall become one flesh. That one flesh is a spiritual bond. It's a spiritual connection between you and your husband. If both of you are believers and you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this oneness is a spiritual connection. You're no longer two individual people when you're married. When you're married in the sight of God and you take on that vow, that covenant, that protection of him, That's a oneness. That's a spiritual connection. As a wife that understands that connection, as a wife that understands that the two shall become one, that you are one flesh, when you understand that, it's when they are hurting, you feel this with them. You're not looking at them as a problem or, oh my gosh, will he just get over it or anything like that. Instead, you're looking at him as your husband, your brother in Christ, someone who's hurting, someone who's in pain, someone who's troubled, someone that needs needs prayer. And the BS wife, that's the wife, the BS wife is the wife that is before submission. She's the wife that is... Okay, I'm going to do some of God's word, but I'm not going to do all of God's word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to help others. I'm going to serve in the church. But submit to my husband? Mm-mm. He's on his own. Sis, if, if you're that woman, you're in BS. You're the wife that isn't living all of God's word and all of God's intention for women. We are made to be the helper comparable to our husband. It means we're equal to our husband. However, it also puts a role on us that we're to be supportive of our husbands. We're to honor them and we're to help them. Sadly, the BS wife doesn't fully grasp that concept of being yoked to their husband as being one flesh. That's like the, the nugget that they just don't get that. They still see themselves as two separate people, two separate people that aren't united in God's eyes through the marriage covenant. They understand that they got married. They understand that they said, I do. But the BS wife just doesn't understand. She doesn't connect. There's a spiritual bond between her and her husband. It's, it's like when you come to Christ and you understand like, Lord, you are my savior. And then you ask him into your life. And in that very moment that you receive the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit then, that you're a new creation and the Holy Spirit now lives inside of you. Well, it's the same thing when you get married. When you're married to a man that is a believer, he has the Holy Spirit inside of him also. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. So now you're married in the sight of God under his covenant 
And it, those the, the same spirit that lives in both of you is now connected. There's a spiritual connection, a spiritual bond between the two of you. So when your husband's hurting, oh, sister, you should feel that same pain for them. You should feel sorrow for them. You should, every ounce, every being, every part of you should be there and say, Lord, help my, help my brother. It's your brother, your brother in Christ. Help him. Help my husband, Lord. And sadly, the BS wife, the wife that is before submission, that she is just fully not submitting to the word of God. She's fully not submitting to her husband. How does she handle it when her husband is going through the trials the physical pain, exhaustion, the perhaps a job change, health concerns, relational concerns. How does a BS wife handle it? Well, she may nag about it for him to get over it. She could say, stop being a baby. You're just being a baby. She could be thinking, I already raised children. I don't need to be raising another child. She won't see it from his perspective. She'll only be looking at it from her point of view that, well, he should be getting over it in this way. Or why is he not trying this? She's only looking at it from her own way and not his perspective. The BS wife isn't encouraging him either. She's not letting him use the call that God has put on his life. She definitely is not reaching out to her sister's. Think about a time that your husband has gone through something, or maybe he's going through something right now that he's just a little bit off. Are the very words that you're speaking or that you're thinking or that you're telling your best friend about, the words that you're talking about your husband, are they breaking him down or are they words that build him up? I can guarantee you the enemy is using any words that you are speaking out about your husband. He hears the BS wife and he will use those words against the couple. The enemy is going to exaggerate to the wife the shortcomings she sees of her husband. He's going to start emphasizing the wife's disgust to her husband. The little words that she's saying out loud of, why does he do that? All of a sudden, the enemy is going to like highlight. He's going to put like a big frame around any little action that your husband's doing. And, you know, kind of like, oh, look at, look at, look at what he's doing. Look at, look at, look at what he's doing. That kind of thing. That's what the enemy does. He's like a a little uh, gremlin that just stands in front of the cross of Jesus. We need to be looking at the cross always because when we are focused on Christ first, when our marriage is Christ-centered, that he's the glue to our marriage, then the enemy trying to get in there and divide us, the enemy trying to divide that spiritual bond, it's not as effective. Because the enemy is about division. And he definitely wants to divide marriages. And sadly, the BS wife, she's allowing that division to happen because she's not relying fully on that bond, that spiritual bond, she's not remembering that Christ united them in marriage, that they're one flesh now.
See, when the marriage is divided, it not only affects affects the man and wife, it not only affects the husband and the woman, it now has a ripple effect, a bad ripple effect going out to others because it's going to ripple effect to the children and the children in your marriage, they can be biological children, they could be a blended family, they could be adopted children, they can even be spiritual children. They can be people in the church that you're mentoring, people in the church, younger couples that look up to you. And when the enemy knows that he can divide the two of you, well, you're going to be a mentor then, a bad mentor, a bad example to these other people and their future relationships, the future generations through them. It can have a bad effect on coworkers also, because when your marriage is divided and you're just in a grumpy mood because of it, now you go to work and you take it out on your coworker, who then the coworker takes it home to their family. They end up kicking the dog, yelling at their own kids. Do you see the ripple effect that the enemy tries to put onto us? Other family members, you know, maybe you're calling your mom all of a sudden and you're complaining to your mom about your husband because that's what the BS wife will do. She will go to all the women that are going to take her side, that are going to listen to her and give her a full out pity party. Stop, stop, sis. If that's you, if you're hearing yourself in those words, you're still in BS. Practice the James 4, 7 right now. Submit to the Lord Resist the devil and he will flee. Submit to the Lord. Submit to his word. Resist the devil. How are you resisting the devil? You're not calling your mom. You're not going to work in a bad mood. Instead, you're going to turn to your husband. You're going to start praying for him. Just like these women that started this episode, how they um, sent me the text message, how I was part of that group text. They reached out to their sisters. And instead of saying, my husband's doing this, my husband's doing that. No, instead they reached out and said, pray with me. Pray with me for my husband. What I want to do is get you to recognize when the enemy is trying to divide you and your husband, when he's trying to get in there and he's trying to paint this picture of, do you see the thing that your husband's doing? Do you see what he's not doing? What do you think about that? That's how the enemy speaks to us. Okay, so look back to Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall. In Genesis 3, 4 through 6, I'm going to read, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her and he ate. That was the first lie to the first married couple. Remember, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to kill your marriage. He wants to steal the love between the two of you. He wants to take it away from you. And he wants to destroy future generations. So verse 6, the serpent appealed to her feelings and senses. She felt seen. She felt loved, which is often the very thing that married women complain about. The BS wife will say, why should I submit to him, which is given in Colossians 3.18, when he isn't loving to me, which is in Colossians 3.19. 
See, the enemy will try to twist things so all of a sudden we're taking it and we're twisting the word of God. The enemy knows when we are feeling this way and he will come at us to separate us. Now let's look at verse 12. Note this. Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. Whom you gave to be with me. This is Adam saying this to God. He was blaming God for giving him the woman. And then he goes on to blame the wife. She gave. And then in verse 13, God asks the woman (laughs) and she too tries to shift the blame. Verse 13, and the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. They both started a blame game. (laughs) But listen to this. Verse 17 in Genesis 3. Then to Adam, he, God, said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife. Adam listened to his wife rather than God. Now, let's look back. Remember in Genesis 2.16? And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. What God is saying in Genesis 3.17, he told the man first about the rules for the tree. He said, you may freely eat of every other tree in the garden except for this one tree. Now, he told man the tree rules before Eve was even created. If you look at Genesis 2, Eve isn't even created until verse 22, six verses later. God told man the plan, then made the woman. Man knew the plan, but woman went around what the man already knew. So Genesis 3, 17 again, then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife. Says if it's in the Bible and you know it, if you know the verses on submission, if you know the verses on what God's role is intended for wives. Please, please follow it. Or you are going against God's word. Even if your husband is a believer and should know the scriptures, but he isn't following them, you should be. Romans 14, 10 to 13 talks about the judgment seat, how we are accountable for our own actions. So even if your husband knows the word of God, but he isn't doing what the word of God says, it's still up to you to do what the word says. Because after all, what if the serpent tempted Eve and she stopped and asked Adam, Remember back in Genesis 3, 6, it says she also gave to her husband with her. So he was standing right next to her. So what if Eve stopped and she looked at him and said, what do you think? Should we do this? She would have been in God's order or deferring to her husband. She didn't do it, though. She made the choice. He went with the choice. Then they both blamed others including God. (laughs) Bottom line, Eve was in BS as she did not support Adam's role. Think about all the examples of in the garden, at the fall, the blame game. 
Which camp do you kind of tent out in? Do you tend to lean towards the side of the wife that blames her husband, that uh, ignores his, his needs, that isn't there to support him? Or are you being the submissive wife who wants to support her husband? And when I go back to the texts uh, from the beginning of the podcast, and as I read each of the texts of my friends, each wife was layering on a prayer request to cover her husband. It covered their marriage too. And it covered their children, it covered future generations, and it covered other relationships. Each wife was asking a sister to agree with her as she goes to God first to support her husband. Since it's like in the spirit realm, each sister was pushing the devil to the back of the line. It was wonderful. I love 1 Thessalonians 5.11, where it talks about building up each other and edifying each other. And that's what I saw in these sisters as they texted each other. When we seek solid sisters for prayer agreement for our husbands and our marriage, first go to them in earnest request and not a spirit of husband bashing. If a sister does come at you with husband bashing, Please stop her and say, let's pray for y'all. If a sister is seeking prayer agreement, have a visual image of pushing the enemy behind you and seeing the cross in front of you. Focus on that cross in front of you. Pray for the blood of Jesus to cover the wounds your husband is experiencing. Ask the sister too, the one that's praying with you, if she'd like to pray for her marriage as well. Build up your marriage, her marriage, and all other marriages. Keep pushing the devil to the back of the line and keep the empty cross in the front. Thank you for listening to Love, Honor, Obey podcast. I'm Carrie, and I'm so grateful for your time. Please tell a friend about us, whether she's single, married, or engaged. That woman who wants the best in her marriage. Be sure to subscribe and follow along. God bless.